Hi, this is Steve Durr. Today, we're going to read from Exodus chapter 9, and we're smack dab in the middle of the 10 terrible plagues that God is sending to Egypt. God has already sent four plagues to move Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, to release Israel from their oppressive slavery. But Pharaoh is stubborn and he's unrelenting, so more plagues are coming. So today we're going to read about the fifth, sixth, and seventh plague. Exodus chapter 9. Go back to Pharaoh, the Lord commanded Moses. Tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. Let my people go so they can worship me. If you continue to hold them and refuse to let them go, the hand of the Lord will strike all your livestock, your horses, donkeys, camels, cattle, sheep, and goats with a deadly plague. But the Lord will again make a distinction between the livestock of the Israelites and that of the Egyptians. Not a single one of Israel's animals will die. The Lord has already set a time for the plague to begin. He has declared that it will strike the land tomorrow. And the Lord did just as he had said. The next morning, all the livestock of the Egyptians died, but the Israelites didn't lose a single animal. Pharaoh sent his officials to investigate, and they discovered that the Israelites had not lost a single animal. But even so, Pharaoh's heart remained stubborn, and he still refused to let the people go. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take handfuls of, of soot from a brick kiln and have Moses toss it into the air while Pharaoh watches. The ashes will spread like fine dust over the whole land of Egypt, causing festering boils to break out on people and animals throughout the land. So they took soot from a brick kiln and went and stood before Pharaoh. As Pharaoh watched, Moses threw the soot into the air and boils broke out on people and animals alike. Even the magicians were unable to stand before Moses because the boils had broken out on them and all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and just as the Lord had predicted to Moses, Pharaoh refused to listen. Then the Lord said to Moses, get up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews says, let my people go so they can worship me. If you don't, I will send more plagues on you and your officials and your people. Then you will know that there is no one like me in all the earth. By now, I could have lifted my hand and struck you and your people with a plague to wipe you from the face of the earth but I have spared you for a purpose, to show you my power and to spread my fame throughout the earth. But you still lord it over my people and refuse to let them go. So tomorrow, at this time, I will send a hailstorm more devastating than any in all the history of Egypt. Quick, order your livestock and your servants to come in from the fields to find shelter. Any person or animal left outside will die when the hail falls. And some of Pharaoh's officials were afraid because of what the Lord had said. They quickly brought their servants and livestock in from the fields. But those who paid no attention to the word of the Lord left theirs out in the open. Then the Lord said to Moses, Lift your hand toward the sky so hail may fall on the people, the livestock, and all the plants throughout the land of Egypt. So Moses lifted his staff toward the sky, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and lightning flashed toward the earth. The Lord sent a tremendous hailstorm against all the land of Egypt. Never in all the history of Egypt had there been a storm like that, with such devastating hail and continuous lightning. It left all of Egypt in ruins. 
The hail struck down everything in the open field, people, animals, and plants alike. Even the trees were destroyed. The only place without hail was the region of Goshen, where the people of Israel lived. Then Pharaoh quickly summoned Moses and Aaron. This time I've sinned, he confessed. The Lord is the righteous one, and my people and I are wrong. Please beg the Lord to end this terrifying thunder and hail. We've had enough. I will let you go. You don't need to stay any longer. All right, Moses replied. As soon as I leave the city, I will lift my hands and pray to the Lord. Then the thunder and the hail will stop, and you will know that the earth belongs to the Lord. But I know that you and your officials still do not fear the Lord God. All the flax and barley were ruined by the hail, because the barley had formed heads and the flax was budding, but the wheat and the emmer wheat were spared, because they had not yet sprouted from the ground. So Moses left Pharaoh's court and went out of the city, and when he lifted his hands to the Lord, the thunder and the hail stopped and the downpour ceased. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain, hail, and thunder had stopped, he and his officials sinned again, and Pharaoh again became stubborn. Because his heart was hard, Pharaoh refused to let the people leave, just as the Lord had predicted through. This story is a showdown. It's a contest of wills and authority. Between Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, who is viewed as a god, and God, the king of the universe, who's calling on Pharaoh to release his people Israel from their slavery. Earlier in the story, when God met with Moses at the burning bush and was recruiting him to go to Egypt to ask for Israel's freedom, God gave Moses a heads up. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 19, God says, But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. You see, God recognizes that Pharaoh is stubborn. He's ruthless, and he will reject the call to let Israel go. It will take overwhelming force to move Pharaoh to relent and obey God. And so God sends plague after plague after plague, as we've read already. And for me, as I read today's passage, there's some different things that hold some different tension for me, this idea that God, uh, at one point on the sixth plague, um, for the first time, God is the one who hardens Pharaoh's heart. And there's a whole thing we could talk about with that and, and plagues in general. But today, I, the one thing that kept coming to mind for me over and over was this pattern I saw. I saw that when the Lord, when God spoke to Moses and commanded him to do or say something, uh, Moses immediately obeyed. He acted. And so when God speaks, when God instructs Moses, he obeys, he acts. Once, time after time, when Pharaoh hears God's call or God's word or God's instruction to release the people of Israel, even, even with threats hanging over his head, he disobeys. He stubbornly opposes God's plans. So here's the pattern I kept seeing. Moses hears God and acts, and Pharaoh hears and rejects. Moses hears and acts, Pharaoh hears and rejects. What's the difference between these two guys? It's their hearts. Moses' heart was open 
to God. It was pliable. Moses was humble. In fact, in the book of Numbers in the Bible, it tells us that Moses was considered to be the most humble man on earth. (laughs) He had a reputation of humility. So Moses was humble. He submitted to God. He was ready to take in God's instruction and live it out. Pharaoh, on the other hand, his heart was hard. It was unyielding. Pharaoh was arrogant. He resisted God. He actively opposed God's instruction, and he chose to go his own way. God desires for all of us to have humble hearts that respond to his teaching and guidance with obedience. You know, a little later in the Bible, in the book of Deuteronomy, in chapter 10, it talks about God calling on the people of Israel to serve him, to obey him, to follow his instruction and teaching. And he says something interesting. He says to the people, circumcise your hearts, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked any longer. That seems kind of weird. Circumcise your hearts. (laughs) What is God saying here? He's saying, cut away the thickening around your heart. Or in other words, remove the blockage from your heart that's making your heart inaccessible to God's teaching. Let God's guidance and wisdom and commands and word get into your heart so that you will obey. Have a heart ready to obey. Another passage that comes to mind in this whole discussion about the importance of having a particular kind of heart Um, is in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. And it's a passage that I always find very um, challenging and uh, in a powerful metaphor or image or illustration. Uh, It says this, God says this, he says, and I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. I find that image helpful. And it's been something I've prayed for for myself on a number of occasions, especially when I, you know, felt like choosing my own way instead of God's way. When everything in me was resisting that thing that I sensed God asking me to do. And there's been times in my life when I sensed God saying, I want you to forgive this person. And I'm like, no, no thanks. And I just want to harden my heart to God's instruction and harden my heart to that person. And yet to come back time after time and say, God, would you give me a new heart? Would you give me a new spirit? Would you give me a heart of flesh that submits to you, that's eager to follow you and take out that heart of stone? And so how about you? What is your heart like? Is it like Moses' heart, ready to hear and obey, a heart that's humble, responsive, and accessible, A heart that surrendered to God and submits to him? Or is your heart like Pharaoh's, hearing God, receiving his guidance, and yet resisting? A heart that's proud, stubborn, and inaccessible. A heart that's unyielding and self-focused. How can we know what our heart's like? Well, here's some questions. Do you find yourself obeying God or doing your own thing? Another question. Thing to consider, another question to consider is, is there a place in your life in which you sense God calling you to change or to follow his lead, but yet you are resisting? The encouragement from this story 
is to allow God to replace our heart of stone and receive a heart of flesh. To ask God to cut away at our hearts so that his guidance and life-giving instruction can enter our hearts and we, like Moses, can obey and follow. And so what is God saying to you today? And what will be your response? Let's pray. God, today, would you give us a new heart? Would you put your spirit within us? Would you remove our stony, stubborn heart and give us a tender, responsive heart so that we might follow you and experience life? In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.